0: Up next is a daily devotional by Pastor Tim Dotson, pastor of JF Believers Church in Menominee, Wisconsin. Subscribe to our podcast by visiting burningdogradio.com and clicking on subscribe. Thanks for listening to Burning Dog Radio. Matthew chapter 24. Verse 15 of our text here in Matthew says, When therefore you see the abomination of desolation, which was spoken of through Daniel the prophet, standing in the holy place, let the reader understand, when you see the abomination of desolation. Jesus begins to now tell of these last days of man prior to the millennial reign of Jesus Christ. As is the practice elsewhere in scripture, God uses this passage on the short term prophetic fulfillment to lend credibility and understanding to its far fulfillment, that which is yet to come to pass, though seemingly imminent today. Again, so much of prophecy in scripture is presented with a near or short-term prophetic fulfillment, only to shed light on the greater, far fulfillment of prophetic fulfillment. Timing of the writings of Daniel in the book of Revelation, which coincide in detail with this prophecy given by Christ in Matthew, these would preclude this often made assertion that Jesus was only speaking of just that near fulfillment. The abomination of desolation, quote, unquote, in its simplest understanding was meant as the ultimate and desecration of the holy temple in Jerusalem. Now again, that short-term prophetic fulfillment of this event occurred in the second century AD, where Antiochus Epiphanes, he was the king of Syria, he defiled the temple by offering a pig on the altar and sprinkling its blood throughout the holy place. He also murdered hundreds of thousands of Jews, including women and children. So it's clear, though, that there is still yet another and greater fulfillment of this prophecy that is yet to come to pass. And from the book of Revelation we can gather that the full manifest of the abomination of desolation will occur in the last days in the person of the Antichrist. Verse 16 says, at that point let those who are in Judea flee to the mountains. Now this information, like much of Revelation prophecy, will not be something that the true church experiences at least firsthand. Scripture teaches that we will at this point in the linear events, we will have been raptured. You can make note of First Thessalonians 4, 16 and 17 if you want to read more about that. Why then would Jesus here and give such detailed information? Well one possible reason would be for those who would be left to find their way once the church, and therefore the overt activity of the Holy Spirit, has left. Now this, of course, will include the whole, at least the vast whole, of the Jewish nation. For the attentive and open-minded reader, there are a a vast number of scriptures that clearly point to Jesus Christ as the long-awaited Messiah and the fulfillment of hundreds of prophecies confirming his identity. Now, while Israel may have and be even to today yet ignoring these facts, when these scriptural events begin begin to unfold, there will no doubt be a sudden uh uh-oh realization. Verse 17 says, Let him who is on the housetop not go down to take out the things that are in his house. Let him who is in the field not return back to get his clothes. Now there is no way to miss in those two verses the air of earnestness as well as a clear undercurrent of fear. There is a immediacy of action alluded to here, a desperate run, an enlightened flee. In the days in which we live, we see the unfolding of the details of prophecy, which helps us understand how these scriptural events can come to pass. In the unsettled environment of modern Jerusalem today, we know that the government has the ability in moments of crisis to literally close off the city in a matter of minutes. Thus, if this enemy of God finds himself in charge, and we understand that he will, he will be able to sew up Jerusalem in minutes. And those who did not escape will no longer be able to. And at that point, mankind will begin to realize a truth that has always been there. In the grand spiritual scheme of things, All of our material stuff isn't going to matter. Possessions, well, that'll be the last thing on our minds at that point. Verse 19 says, but woe to those who are with child and to nursing mothers in those days. So verse 19 here is a further warning of the seriousness of the situation. The world will go from a time of great prosperity and peace to utter chaos, just in a matter of hours. Verse 20 says, pray that your flight will not be in the winter nor on a Sabbath. The winter part of this verse, well, we can clearly grasp. After all, we understand winter and all of its ramifications. Now, the second half of the verse, however, may be a little harder to understand if you're not Jewish. Because you see, for a Jew, the Sabbath has a great deal more significance than for the average Gentile believer. In Israel on the Sabbath, things do not run as they do on other days of the week. Public transit is reduced. Many businesses do not operate. and There are lots and lots of rules. Many of those have to do with travel. So it's safe to say that if this all happens on the Sabbath, it's going to be very difficult to make it out and run. Verse 21, for then there will be great suffering. Such has not been from the beginning of the world until now. No, nor ever will be. I must say that few verses in scripture elicit more of a stillness of soul than the ones before us, if not literally the one before us. Photos of hundreds of years of God's patient care will flood the minds with the realization that upon these verses before us herein, it is all coming to a terrible close. This verse speaks of the worst horror ever known to man. That was our daily devotions by Pastor Tim Dodson. For more information about Pastor Tim and JF Believers Church, visit jfbelievers.com.